0: I tell you, I have been blessed all week thinking about the words that he shared with us last week. And we're so blessed and so honored for him to be a part of our ministry and other members of his family. Thank you so much for being a part of this church family. And all of you, all of you are important. And I want you to feel that way and to know that because we truly mean it from our heart. Now the world today or tonight we'll be focusing on a ball game. So we want to focus on something much bigger than any ball game. This is not a game. Let me share with you something my brother Jerry was telling me this week. He said, Tim, have I told you about the miracle that happened the other day? I said, no. Anyway, my niece's son worked with some more family members and he had become friends on the on job with a man who was 62 years old. And the man didn't go to church and was not a Christian. And so um, Ronnie Dale, my, my cousin, told him, said, I want you to go to church with me. So he came to church with him one time and he told, told my brother Jerry, who's the pastor, said, I want you to go pray for my mama. I said, she's got cancer. So Jerry set up a time and him and, Two others from the church went over there to the man's house. The man met him. He was out in the yard, was so glad to see them come and pray for his mom. So he went in the house, and the woman was laying there. She was 77 years old and um, had cancer. So he started to pray for her, and he said, Ma'am, before I pray for you, I want to ask you, are you a Christian? She said, No, sir, I'm not. said, um, I've never been saved. And so Jerry said, well, before I pray for your healing, I want to pray for your salvation. And of course, the 62-year-old man was standing over to the side. He said, sir, are you a Christian? He said, no, sir, I'm not a Christian either. He said, do you want to be saved? He said, yes, I do. On the other side was the woman's mother, who was 97 years old. And he looked at her and he said, Ma'am, are you a Christian? She said, No, sir. I have never been saved. He said, Do you want to be saved? She said, Yes, I do. So all three of them prayed the sinner's prayer and received the Lord as their Savior. Now that's a miracle. The chances of someone at that age coming to know the Lord are very slim. Can you imagine how someone has lived 97 years and never had the Lord to call on? I can't even comprehend living a day or a minute. Remember when Jesus said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was because God could not look at him with the sins of the world on his shoulders. And Jesus felt the emptiness and the loneliness without the fellowship of His Father. And He said, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? We don't want to go not one moment without the presence of the Lord. Amen. I want to talk today about pressing on. Just pressing on. I think that it's important today that we understand that the answers to the problems of this world will not be found in politics. Amen, preacher. Will not be found in Washington, D.C., or Columbia, South Carolina, or even Florence, South Carolina. The answers to the problems of this world is found in one place and one place only, and that's in Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. I want you to look with me I first want to ask a question, are you in a position to receive a double portion anointing? Because I believe that in this day, it's going to be necessary for us to have a double portion anointing in order to be victorious and live in this world in a way that other people can be influenced by the life that we live. Now, to, um, to, to go along with that, turn to 1 Kings. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 19, and I want to read verses 20 and 21. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 20 and 21. No, that's jumping ahead of, ahead of I will, verse, chapter 19, verse 3, excuse me. Now Elijah Elijah has just come off of a great miracle in praying down fire from heaven and uh, I want you to see that that Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah when she found out that Elijah had killed all the prophets of Baal, made her mad. Can you imagine a woman getting mad? I know you can't imagine that. It does happen. But she got mad when she heard that Elijah had killed the prophets of Baal. And she sent him a message and said, I'm going to do this and more also to you if I don't make your life as one of them about tomorrow, about this time. And when he saw that, talking about Elijah, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, that, that phrase is what really got my attention. He left his servant there. It doesn't say that his servant made any kind of an effort to go on along with Elijah. I thought it was interesting. Here's a man who's supposed to be right by his side all the time. He has been for a while now. And he has watched God so many do so many great miracles. He saw Elijah prophesy about the coming of rain when there had been a drought for three and a half years, and how the rain came down, and Elijah outran the horses all the way to the gates of Jezreel. He has watched Elijah call down fire from heaven and consume the sacrifices, and consume all the water that was in the ditches around it. This servant who has walked hand in hand with Elijah through all of this stuff, and has seen the miracle working hand of God over and over and over and over again, and yet when it came to the time in life when Elijah needed the close companionship of that servant of his, or that, that, may I say, his friend that was always with him, the Bible says that when they got to Beersheba, the, the, the servant stayed there instead of going on with Elijah. Now I'm wondering in my mind if this servant could not have been what Elisha became if he had not been content to stay in Jezreel. I mean, he had the inside track. Elijah was coming down to the end of his ministry. He knew it wasn't going to be very long before he was going to be seeing the Lord. And this servant who had been with him and had watched all that God had done through the miraculous hand of Elijah. And yet when it came time that he needed that man to be by his side who would hold his hands, who would lift him up, who would pray for him, the servant is not there. He chose to stay in Beersheba. It makes me wonder how many people today, we're, we're not where we should be. We're where we are because we've made some choices, and some of the choices that we have made have put us in situations that were nowhere near in the line of blessings that we should have been. That if we had made different choices at the right time, we would be blessed and we would be beyond measure, beyond the favor of God, but because we decided to stay and not press on like the Lord wanted us to do, now we're suffering the consequences of it. Maybe I'm the only one excited about this, but I see potential. That's what I've always, through the years, the Lord has given me the kind of eyesight that I can see potential. I see things before they ever happen. I imagine them in my mind and I create them in my heart before they ever become a reality. That's how God has blessed us in ministry all these years because I always see beyond where we are and where we need to be. And this is what I believe if this man had recognized it wasn't just any man he was following. It wasn't just anyone that he was standing by. He was standing by the prophet of God. He was standing by the man of God. And he didn't recognize what he had, so he chose to stay in the lap of luxury in Beersheba instead of pressing forward with Elijah. How easy it is just to sit back in the lazy boy and not read my Bible and pray. Amen, preacher. How easy it is to stay home and not go to the effort to get ready to come to the house of God. Another amen, preacher. How easy it is for us to make these choices and these decisions and literally miss out on what the Lord has for us. But never fear. God always has a replacement. I want that to sink in. The kingdom of God is not about you. It's not about me. There's always someone that can take our place. You know, it'll say, April will be 19 years that I've been your pastor. And about six months after I'm gone, you'll say, Tim, who? Because that's the way it is. There's always God is going to be raising up somebody in the process while it's going on and if the servant that's there now is not willing to press on but decides to stay in Beersheba, God's gonna raise up an Elisha who will be ready and willing to do whatever needs to be done to push the kingdom of God forward. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want you to see this. Look at the difference. We never know that servant's name. All he's called is the servant of Elijah. He vanishes into obscurity. We don't know him. He's just a man without a name. But we see a difference now. That when Elijah was traveling alone because his servant had stayed in Beersheba, Suddenly he saw this man plowing 12 yoke of oxen and he cast his mantle in his direction. He didn't say a word. And the man that was plowing, Elisha, recognized that it was a pivotal moment in his life. God, give us wisdom to discern. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost to discern pivotal moments. God, make me wise enough to see and recognize people that I need to stand close to. Things that I need to be following because I recognize and discern in my spirit that it is of God and that it will go forward And I want to be a part of what's going forward. So uh, Elisha recognized the moment. (laughs) And he said, let me go kiss my father and mother. Elijah said, man, do what you want to do. I mean, after all, that's what we do anyway, right? We do what we want to do. He said, do what you want to do. I hadn't told you anything. But he recognized the moment. He killed he killed one of the yoke, one of those uh, yokes of oxen, and he he used the the shares, the stocks that held them, and built a fire and roasted it and ate it and bless the people, blessed him there, already Elijah has somebody who's willing to deny himself, is willing to give up some stuff, is willing to follow Elijah because he believed he was a man of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So uh, <laughs> to show you the difference now, Elisha said, I'm not going to leave your side. And Elijah said, well, what can I do for you? He said, well, when you start to be taken up, I want you to give me a double portion of your spirit. Elijah said, well, you've asked for a hard thing. (laughs) Nevertheless, (laughs) he didn't say it's an impossible thing. He said, it's a hard thing. But I like that nevertheless. I preached on that not long ago, nevertheless. it always turns things around when you throw a nevertheless in there. He said, you've asked for a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken up, I'm going to give you that double portion of spirit. I want you to notice now, Elisha was tried on several occasions, Elijah even told him, go wait over yonder on the other side of Jordan and I'll pick you up later. He said, no sir, I'm not leaving your side. I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna press in with you. I'm gonna stick right there with you because I know that there's something in store for all of us, hallelujah. The miraculous followed. I'm not gonna use that story. I got a lot more to say, but the miraculous came to pass And Elisha became the man of God. He became the one that did twice as many miracles as Elijah did. And it just so happened that the man who stopped opened the door for Elisha to be the next prophet of God. So don't you be concerned if things don't turn out like you thought they ought to turn out. God's gonna raise up something else. God's gonna bring forth something else. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe there's a new anointing for this generation. I believe there's a new anointing in this present hour. I believe we have to have the anointing. And once God anoints us, we can begin to see the structures that are in place that try to keep us from being what we ought to be and to keep our church from being what it ought to be. God will give you supernatural discernment and you'll be able to look beyond faces. You'll be able to look beyond hairdos and styles and you'll be able to see the Spirit and you'll know from the Spirit whether or not it is of God and whether or not it is for the building of the kingdom of God. This is the kind of anointed discernment that we're going to see in these last days. Glory to God. A lot of people are trying to do the work of the kingdom without the anointing. We think just because we can read and just because we can read other people's writings and things, that that gives us the anointing. But I want to tell you, you're going to confront things that if you don't have the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon you, you're going to be defeated and cast aside And you're going to be so down because you were not ready for it when it came. But in these last days, God is raising up a group of supernatural people who are going to step beyond the present and will step into the future. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I do believe that. I believe that God is blessing. And I believe that we need to get on target with what God is calling us to do. We can't be everything for everybody but we have to be what God has called us to be and that is to win this world for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And do our part to spread the gospel of the kingdom of God. Who would have ever thought that a little shepherd boy would be chosen out of the field when he had no military experience? All he had ever done was listen to the sheep and sing to them and protect them. Who would have ever thought that the anointing hand of God would reach down to a little shepherd boy, hallelujah, and put the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost upon him. And he he might not have had a degree in theology from the nearest seminary. He might not have been able to do what some people could do, but he knew the voice of the devil when it spoke. Even though it came out of the mouth of a 10-foot giant, he recognized that it was the voice of the devil because it was a supernatural anointing that God had put upon him. I believe in these days, I'm going to be anointed to see what God is trying to do in my life And what Satan is trying to keep me from doing. You know, the worst thing that happens to us is distractions. When you get your eyes off of Jesus and you get hung up on this or that or the other. I've known of churches that split wide open because some of them didn't like the color they painted the fellowship hall inside. And it was such a a spirit of contention Until it literally would split the church wide open. I wonder how we're going to answer that when we stand before God Almighty. That's the reason I don't put these things up here for us all to vote about. Because if we're going to vote about them, if we got 300 people, we got 300 opinions. So the best thing to do is just go on and do it. Get something and do it. And if you like it, praise God. If you don't, pray a little harder. And the Lord will help you like it. Amen. Amen. We need to know what our what our vision is and what our job is. David was chosen and anointed while he was in the field with the sheep. He was anointed. God had already decided he was going to be the king. He's a shepherd boy. He doesn't even have the training that all these other people had. But he had a heart after God. He was not a perfect man. He made mistakes. He committed sin. But he still had a heart after God. He knew how to worship. He knew how to pour it out before God. And God would bless him. He would sit alone on the bank of the stream When Saul was after his life and he would say, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, even so doth my soul pant after you, O Lord. He knew how to worship God. I believe it's time that the Lord wants us to take the land that He's given us. I believe we've circled the mountain long enough. I believe it's time for us to get ready to move forward. I believe God's placing new people and new faces and new anointings and new talents and new giftings in our midst. And I believe He wants us to rise up like a mighty army. We cannot sit down and nurse our wounds and get anything done for the kingdom of God. We've got to bind up those wounds and put the salve of the Holy Spirit on them and say goodbye to the past and hello to the future because we are excited about what the Lord is going to do in days to come. Hallelujah. Always the promised land is hard. They're always giants in the land that you're trying to conquer. You may be trying to get a closer relationship with your children. There are giants in that land. Giants that you're going to have to learn to confront and deal with. You might need a better relationship with your friends at work, but there's always giants to confront. And those giants will not be slain by just anybody or just any sling or just any stone. Oh no, it's gonna take an anointed man or woman of God. It's gonna take someone, hallelujah. It's gonna take, well amen, glory to God. It's gonna take someone who's heard something supernatural, whose ears are tuned to the Holy Spirit, who have heard the Word of God And they're going to move in a fashion that they know where they're going. There's no stumble in their steps. They are straightforward and they're going to accomplish what God has sent them to accomplish. Giants are nothing when you've got God. Amen. You can't fight your giants using somebody else's anointing. Saul tried to give David his armor. Said, you're not equipped to fight no giant. I mean, look at you. You're a little boy. He was just a teenager at that time. Look at you. Who do you think you are? I've got some armor, the best that money can buy. I want you to try it out. Put it on. David put it on. And he didn't fit in the armor. He said, I can't fight like this. Let me tell you one thing. You can't defeat your devils on your grandmama's prayers. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. You've got to fight your own battle. You've got to do your own struggle. You've got to win the victory by the power of the Holy Ghost that is in you. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, the Lord will give you the power to do that. Hallelujah. I believe He's reaching down and touching some people. I'm expecting some of you folks that have been so quiet through all these years, I'm expecting you one of these services to burst out and yell as hard as you can yell and take off running through this church and we're all gonna be excited and follow along behind you. Because I've seen you soak it up for a long time. I've seen you smile and enjoy it a long time. You gotta have a big reservoir of the power and blessings of God that are brewing inside of you. And I'm expecting them to burst forth like the power of the Holy Spirit and we're going to see something supernatural like we've never seen before. David had no idea of what was hidden inside of him. All he knew was the enemy was trying to stop the kingdom of God. That's all he knew. All he knew was he had called on his God before and he said the same God that delivered me out of the hand of the lion and the bear is the same God that will deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. I wanna tell you that same God that heard your prayer in the midnight hour, that same God Ooh, glory to God. Who knew you by name and called you out when you were in sin and he loved you and cared for you and brought you into his kingdom. That's the same God that is alive today. Hallelujah. And he's ministering to your needs right now as we speak. I got Greer excited. She's screaming down there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. I believe in that stuff. Hallelujah. I believe babies, I believe small children can be aware of the presence of God. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, excuse me, I get excited with this stuff. I just happened to think about that coat that Jesus got on when He was making His triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The Bible says that no one had ever sat on that coat before. And Jesus got on that coat and the Bible didn't say anything about that coat flinching in any way. Jesus got on that unbroken coat and rode Him into the streets of Jerusalem. I'm telling you, God can control the wildness. God can control the spirits of animals. God can control those spirits that are in you, that are in your children, that are out of control. God has the power to bring us all under His power and His anointing and His authority. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We cannot bow to the controlling spirits around us And there's a lot of them. We're in a society today when Hollywood is trying to choose what we think. They're trying to choose what we buy. They're trying to choose what we're supposed to do. They're telling us we pay a lot of money for those things that sit in the corner, in our rooms that tells us everything. It tells you what to buy and where to go to buy it. It tells you how you can make money. And I've never in my life seen such a a debate and such a battle going on against anything that has to do with being a Christian or anything where you love Jesus. Let me ask you, do you love Him today? Glory to God. I don't do all this posting and reposting if you believe in Jesus, post this. I don't do all that stuff. I'm telling you, I believe in him. Follow me and you hear me talk about it all day long. He's the best thing this ever happened to me. Amen. Glory to God. This is a time of restoration in the church. We are not in a position to point fingers at anyone. No other church No other person. I don't want to hear it. If it's negative, if it's putting somebody else down, you will never build up yourself by belittling someone else. We need to to be restored and learn to restore one another. There's a lot of hurting people There's a lot of people that have been hurt in church. And that's probably the worst hurt of all. But I want to tell you one thing. If we are what God has called us to be, we're going to be reaching out arms to love people and bring them in. As I said earlier, I'm not interested in what you used to be or what you have done. Everybody living has had days you wish you could go back and do some things differently. All of us have them. But I promise you one thing. The Bible says if you're spiritual, you will restore that one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. I believe that powerful new songs and singers are going to be raised up in the body of Christ. I believe we're going to have songs that are written. I believe we're going to have psalmists that suddenly will begin to rise up. I believe we're going to see prophetic utterances coming forth. They're going to be coming out of people's mouths that are going to amaze you and surprise you because you didn't think that kind of stuff was inside of them. But I believe there's a supernatural unction going on in these last days. Hallelujah! And we got to be ready for what God is trying to do in these days. Hallelujah! Glory to God. There's a new level of prayer and intercession that is coming into the body of Christ. It's already been here with some for quite a while. But because not very many people have been involved in it, suddenly it's going to begin to spring forth. And we're going to see a new spirit of prayer and a new spirit of intercession that's going to be into the body of Christ And we're going to be praying our loved ones into the kingdom. We're going to be praying the unbelievers to the body of Christ. Amen? Praise God. Father, I receive it in Jesus' name today. I press on. I am not satisfied to stay in Beersheba. I want to follow you all the way. I'm not satisfied with what I used to be. Or what I felt yesterday. But God, I want a fresh new anointing for today. I want it for today, Lord. Because today's problems are much bigger than yesterday's problems. Today's challenges are harder than they were yesterday. What we're facing today is much more difficult than what our parents and grandparents faced before us. But you're the same God. And Lord, you said that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you would not change. And you gave us your promise. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I praise you for that. Your word assures us that we can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens us? Lord, you are my strength. You are my hope. You are my deliverer. Glory to God. You are my strong tower. Glory to God. There is no other one but you. Lord, you're the one. God, we trust you. We don't always understand why things happen like they do. But God, we trust you. Now, Lord, do with us what needs to be done with us and in us. And I just feel so strongly in my spirit. If there's anyone in this church today who feels like there's more inside of you that has never really come out, and you feel like you really have something to offer the kingdom of God that's never really been exercised or utilized, I want you to come stand up here because I believe this is a supernatural moment. I believe this is a time that we got to recognize that God is wanting to do something new and special in our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, sweep across this congregation today. Lord, sweep across this congregation today. Sweep across this congregation today, dear Lord. uh, In the name of Jesus. God, give us a whole new experience. There There are things inside of us that hasn't come forth yet. And Lord, I believe there's a supernatural spirit that is working right now in the hearts of some people who believe that you are calling them to a higher level and a stronger decision. Mm. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak, Lord for your servant heareth. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. In Jesus' name. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, give us a heart. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to receive. In Jesus' name. 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 Hallelujah.